for some reason, no one is talking about it. It's been almost 50 years and nobody cares. European Democracy Lab Podcast from the Institute of European Democrats. Special series, Future Generations. Episode 3. Young people in Cyprus look for solutions to the country's divide. Hello, my name is Renos Milonas. I live in Cyprus, in Nicosia. Renos is 29 years old and he's studying for a master's degree in international relations and Middle Eastern studies. As the interviewees from the first and the second episodes of this podcast series, he participated in one of the EU Youth Dialogues workshops, a year-long project organized by the Institute of European Democrats with the aim of making the voices of young European citizens heard. In fact, in this podcast, we continue our trip across Europe, meeting citizens like Renos to discuss what worries them the most and how they see the world today. Renos believes that the issue of Cyprus, a tiny island country in the Mediterranean Sea contested by both Greece and Turkey, deserves more attention, both from the public and European institutions. I think we are all disappointed with the European Union in Cyprus. Instead of showing some form of support in a real pragmatic way, they are only staying in words, supporting others. They are announcements of feeling sad or something about the issue, but never doing anything. But let's step back for a second, or rather about 50 years in the past, when Cyprus first became a disputed territory between Greece and Turkey. We didn't really have any issues before, uh, I think it was 1930s or 40s, during the British colonization period. The Greeks started to demand Enosis, and because the British didn't want to lose Cyprus as a colony, they started to promote this division. You are Turkish, they are Greeks. After a couple of decades, Turkish Cypriots started to demand their own version of Enosis. They started to demand Taksim, which was the division of the island, and... We reached in the 1974 invasion, which succeeded in the division of the island. The two key words in Renos' retelling of Cyprus' history are Enosis and Taksim. Enosis refers to a movement made up of a number of Greek communities living outside of Greece, who want to be recognized as part of the Greek state. Opposed to Enosis, we find Taksim, a concept upheld by Turkish Cypriots who supported the division of Cyprus into Greek and Turkish side. But what's the life like in divided Cyprus? We'll let our next guest paint a picture for you. I live in a place in Nicosia that literally in 20 meters are what they call the borders. We're a really small island, but divided. And there's some places that we are not allowed to go. If I wanted to create a picture, so for the other person to understand the most, I was going to put a distance if we were physically together. I cannot come to you if I don't show my passport. And you cannot come to me if you don't show your passport. Naya is 32 and she's an actress and performer. Naya's town, Nicosia, Cyprus' capital, is right on the border between the Greek and Turkish sides of the island. European Democracy Lab podcast from the Institute of European Democrats. Arenas has a more personal story 
that might explain even better what it's like living in Cyprus for some people. His parents migrated from the northern part of Cyprus when Turkish troops invaded the island in 1974. Next, he explains his parents' relationship with the Turkish side of the island. They still can't go see their homes. He refuses to go see it while it's under occupation. And that's something that's really hurting him. She left it in 1974 and it was just a house with a Turkish soldier on top of it, basically. His experience and that of his parents left him with a strong feeling of animosity towards Turkey. The Turkish Cypriots are not the problem here. The problem is Turkey. It's a foreign country that invaded, occupies the island, has committed and still committing many crimes against humanity. Last week, Mr. Erdogan, the president of Turkey, announced that he would send another 40,000 Turkish troops in Cyprus. For Renos, it was even more disappointing seeing how quickly the European Union acted against Russia when it first invaded Ukraine, compared to how little it has done to help Cyprus. For Cyprus, they convened over six months. They met at least three times. They said, we will check uh, how we can proceed with the sanctions against Turkey. They issued warnings, then they issued another warning, then another, and they just forgot about it, I guess. But what about Naya? Does she feel, too, that Cyprus has been forgotten by the international community? I haven't felt forgotten. I'm feeling more like manipulated by the politics, by the media, by the educational system. And that's what actually angers me the most. According to Naya, a big role in the divide between the two sides is played by politics, media and the education system, who push stereotypes regarding people living in the two sides of Cyprus. When I was at school and all the teachers and all the um, educational system was literally growing a hate with a hate speech that they were talking about the Turkish sites. And problematic this was that it grew a hatred about the North side, the politics and all the, um, how do you say, and all the games that the others are playing and you're like a muppet to them and they can actually move you around. Being such a deeply divided and tiny island had profound consequences, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, when movement of people was heavily restricted all over the world. You couldn't get at the north side of the island, neither the north side could come to the south. And many lost their friends for how long? And many lost their jobs as well, or their families, or their loved ones. So what might be possible solutions leading to a more pacific coexistence between the two sides of the island? They could easily enforce some sanctions upon Turkey. We need to have the EU, or at least ask the EU, to help facilitate in promoting the basic human rights that is one man, one vote, because some are asking for the Turkish vote to be more powerful than the Greek votes. Coming from a completely different background, Naya has another take on the possible solutions to the Cyprus issue as she mostly focuses on the role that local communities can play. We, as a youth, can actually break all these boundaries between us and creating a new community. How can we create a link and break all the stereotypes that we've grown up with? To prove her point, Naya brings up a program in which she took part in that entailed theater-related activities in schools in the two communities in order to break down the barriers that are created between Greek and Turkish Cypriots from an early age. We brought the schools together 
and kids were asked to play together. And then you could actually see that there's no difference between us. We actually are the same people. We are looking at the same sky. We have the same needs and the same thoughts. European Democracy Lab podcast from the Institute of European Democrats. Moving on from the Cyprus issue, we asked both Naya and Renos what it means to be politically engaged. For both of them, it ties into their personal backgrounds and life choices. I think that being a performer in the general group of arts, I think that's politics as well. Art has this power in politics. And we've seen different plays or paintings or music pieces that had to do with reacting in a political and social situation. The reason I, I am as involved as I am with politics is because of the Cyprus issue. I wanted to follow international relations to see how the world works. For Naya, political engagement means also taking action in everyday situations that might seem inconsequential. So if I go to the supermarket and I see something that bothers me and I feel that it's uh, unfair, what, what am I doing? As an observer, how can I react? So what we do in that little moment, what are these tiny moments are going to create in the long term? Renos, on the other hand, looks at political engagement from a wider point of view. I try to stay up to date with what's going on in both in Cyprus and outside of Cyprus because I know how it affects everything. For me, being active is, is to stay informed about what is going on because by staying informed with the news in the world, it can help you take decisions that will affect uh, the political environment. European Democracy Lab podcast from the Institute of European Democrats. So far, both of our guests seem to have pretty clear opinions regarding the ongoing divide in Cyprus and how to be politically engaged. But how do they judge the political engagement efforts of supranational institutions, in this case, the European Union? To what extent is this part of your life and how does it influence your life or your profession? It's easier to, for me to travel around in European countries. For my job, this helps me because I can actually visit different kinds of arts and different mediums and it's easier to exchange either I can participate in a program that exchanges thoughts and ideas and and works and everything. Maybe unsurprisingly, given his feelings of abandonment on the EU's part towards Cyprus, Renos actually believes that the European institutions could and should do more to engage more actively with its citizens. We need to find ways to get the EU to be closer to the people. In Cyprus, we don't really care about the elections in the EU much, I guess. We need to show people that the EU is more than the technocrats. Workshops like the one I attended are important. We need more people to get involved this way. It's a nice way to express ideas. Before ending this episode, we asked Naya and Renos one last question to pass on to the next episode interviewees. So I was just wondering whether you have a question for someone of your age, more or less in France. Do you think that marching on the streets is a solution for something to change? How they feel about the institutions, the hypocrisy that is being shown to the public. 
what I mean it is the different stances they take when it comes to Cyprus and then to Ukraine, the way they don't care about what's coming to Yemen. Because I can't understand how this is hurting me because I live in a country that's being left out. But maybe someone in France that's, that doesn't have these issues. This was the third episode of European Democracy Lab, Future Generations, a podcast of the Institute of European Democrats, through which a light is cast on the opinions and feelings of young European citizens, be they actively involved or not in politics and society. All participants in this podcast series and previous episodes took part in the EU Youth Dialogues, a year-long project by the Institute of European Democrats. In the next episode, we will travel to France. What will be the focus of the future generations across borders? Stay tuned. For updates and more information about the EU Youth Dialogues, visit www.yetonline.eu. That's www.iedonline.eu. European Democracy Lab podcast from the Institute of European Democrats. Special series, Future Generations.